Welcome to another special edition of the Race Hour podcast. A pleasure to have you all with us. We've got a very special guest coming on later on. That is David Mullins, of course, second youngest jockey ever to win a Grand National. But I'm delighted to say we've got an extra voice in the studio today alongside myself, Dean Ryan, and Dermot Nolan. Uh, Dave McGurin has joined us. Dave, how are you? Not too bad, thank you. Dean? We thought we'd bring an expert in after our absolutely ridiculous effort trying to tip winners last weekend. Although, Dermot, you found one. I found one. Stephanie Francis, thanks very much, Dean, yeah. Yeah, cracking ride by Bridget Andrews, wasn't it? Oh, superb. Uh, she's a very good jockey. In fairness, she's getting a bit of stick in Twitter at times, but I thought she actually handled that very, very well after a Horlicks at the last, and she really did uh, her job very well. Good sit and a decent mare. We should talk about the Charlie Hall chase. We did talk about it, of course, last week, but all the rage was Q card, and he's come back, but he doesn't look as good as he perhaps once was. Maybe father time catching up with him, but uh, a very taking winner in Irish Cavalier. Did you see it coming? Not particularly, no. I thought, um, I don't know what to make of Q card now at all at all. Um, they're saying that, you know, he was in the vanguard for too long, but he did that last year. He did it very, very well last year. Um, I'm not convinced about the race itself either. I'm still not convinced about the RSA form from last year. And was Irish Cavalier is a nice horse, and maybe Rick Curtis Yard was just in such poor form last year that he mightn't have been able to reach the peak, but... I'd be very slow now to back Q-Card again after that. I just think um, he wasn't great. And they can blame whatever they want, but they were saying pre-race that he was in the form of his life and he didn't do it for me. Yeah, there were plenty of positive comments about him before he ran. Paddy said you could blame him, but that's Paddy being Paddy, I think. What yeah. did you make of the race day? Irrespective, I don't think Paddy Brennan did anything wrong. I don't think the horse was good enough. He, he looks uh, shallow as former self. He may well have needed to run, but as just echo what Dermot said, uh, they were very positive beforehand. There was no apparent reason for their running. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. And Irish Cavalier, perhaps that was his Gold Cup for the season. We'll see what Q Card does. The Holden Gold Cup as well took place uh, during the week. Um, Adrian Heskin aboard Sir Valentino winning that contest. You'd be happy with that, Dana? Yeah, I just think he's he's a brilliant jockey. And that that ride really showed it as well. He rode a treble yesterday at Chepstow as well. He's he's flying, but he's been a jockey for a long, long time. Who everyone knew was was absolutely brilliant. I mean. He won the the, uh, the old Whitbread at Sandown at a very young age. He won the cross country chase at a very a very young age. And Michael Horrigan used him for years. Was very keen on him and in the Bulger as well. He's a fantastic jockey. And it just shows there's an awful lot of jockeys in Ireland that are maybe stuck in that middle row who are actually an awful lot better. And I think Adrian Heskin and Jonathan Moore on Irish Cavalier as well. Although he's a, a very young jockey, obviously. But the two of them are proving that we have an awful lot of brilliant jockeys over here. And I think if more go across the sea as well, we'll be able to see it as well. Yeah, good opportunity for Adrian Heskin. He's grabbing it. What did you make of Garda Victoire, Dave? Because I thought once they come over the last, he'd be the one that would find. But so Valentino stuck to his guns. You would, you would have thought that the, his natural speed over hurdles would have kicked in. He was very disappointing for me. Uh, very. I thought last year I'd fancied him slightly uh, for the Arco. Uh, it just he may well come. Uh, he may well want further. I don't know, but he was disappointing. He looked one for the uh, well, formerly named Paddy Power Chase, I think it's the vet victor now. He did look one for that, so to go there I thought was a bit of a surprise. He doesn't look great though, does he? Yeah, he maybe just he doesn't jump be, great. Yeah, maybe maybe just not going to be the, the chase of that. I thought Richard Johnson actually gave him a superb ride considering how poorly he actually jumped. 
Well, it was a good finish to, to a good race anyway. Anthony ran away with the Sodexco Gold Cup. I think plenty spotted that up in the morning. A bit of a gamble as well, price-wise inspired. Uh, absolutely run away with it. What do we make of the race, guys? I thought that Gary Moore did his speciality again of getting the horse in at the bottom of the handicap, but he looked very nice, so travelled really well. He could be a national type, maybe. Um, again, the strength of the race, I'm not all that convinced about but it was a decent handicap but um, I'm not sure what to make of him now going forward I'd like to see him win again uh, before I'd be jumping in behind him for anything it turned into a procession day didn't it? it did it really did um, uh, some of them behind him were disappointing uh, he's entitled to run a big race off that low weight how the race pans out I, I, I'd wait and see you'd want, you'd want some collateral for from the race now yeah well, we'll get some over the coming weeks and months uh, anything else you want to pick out from the from the week there guys? I thought Lampour at uh, Galway on Sunday was a really telling performance. He beat a horse-free expression, rated 156 of J.P. McManus's. Uh, the two of them pulled well clear, but it was a jumping exhibition from the front. He attacked the fences, looked comfortable, and I'd say there's a lot more to come this season from him. Yeah, it could be a nice one to keep on side. We're going to take a little break, and then after that, we've got our special uh, this week on the race hour, of course. We're joined by David Mullins. We caught up with him, his second youngest jockey ever to win the Grand National. He did it the first time of asking, and he did it on a bit of a rag, but they're never rags for Mouse Morris in the big races, so that's coming up next. Aka Plus One is here, and it's pure class. Aka Plus One is the new feature from BetBright. Pick at least four legs in an acre of seven to one or more, and we will give you an extra leg free. If it comes in, bonus, paid in cash. If it doesn't, you'll still get all the winners you picked, no penalty. You can find Acre Plus One on the BetBright app under our football section. Clicking on the info button will tell you all about it. Now, make your selections. Four or more at combined odds of seven to one will unlock your free leg. Make your choice and you're set for kickoff. Also, if you want to change a free leg, you can. Brilliant. Acker Plus One from BetBright. Simply smarter better. Acker Plus One is exclusively available on mobile. Download it now. Okay, I'm delighted to say on Race Hour we're joined by, well, he's the second youngest jockey ever to win the Grand National. It's David Mullins. David, how are you? Hey, Dean. Good, thanks. It's um, it's a little while. I guess it's, it takes a long time for something like that to sink in, David. But the Grand National of 2016 and Rule the World, uh, fairy tale, first ride in the race. Do you remember much about before the race happened and, and the starting point of that day? Did you always know you were going to be riding Rule the World? Um, yeah, it was, it was either one or the other of Mouse's two horses. And uh, I remember the lead up to it going over the, the two or three days beforehand. And um, the excitement of it was, was great. Um, and of the actual day, it's hard to it is hard to remember some of it. It's a dream kind of. You only remember parts of it, you know, and only starting to really wake up now and remembering some little bits of it. You were, um, I think, you were second on him in the Irish National behind another Gigginstown horse, Thunder and Roses. So you knew the horse pretty well, didn't you? Yeah, I was second on him in the Irish National, like you said, and um, I was third on him in the Kerry National as well in the stall. So um, third time lucky. He'd never won a race over fences. No, he hadn't. Um, you know, I'm sure they could have. They could have aimed him for a small beginner somewhere if they really wanted to win. But he was rated highly. He was, you know, all the little races. You know, he was second in the Grade One at Christmas behind No More Heroes. You know, he ran very well there. There was just probably not much point in going for a beginners when he could run as well in them sort of races. And David as well. Um, I remember Alistair Down wrote an article afterwards saying that Mouse Morris top Brian Cooper 
had made the wrong choice. I know, obviously, we won't uh, we won't slam Brian here, but he must have been thrilled when he did pick first lieutenant. So were you? Uh, just I was I was thrilled, obviously, just for the fact that I knew the horse well. Um, it's the national, you never know what what you're gonna what you're gonna um, come up with. Nobody knows what's going to happen in the race and like I said Brian was equally as happy to ride first lieutenant well, of course, yeah. that's probably the horse that got him the job of having one grade one or two on him you know and when does it kick in in the race the actual thought frame that I know obviously you'll go through all the normal jigs and reels of a, of a race but is there a point you can even remember when you thought god I could actually I'm in a great position here, here to win this no never to win it um, remember going out in the second circuit thinking uh, everything's gone to plan for the first circuit now. Uh, we have a nice position just just ride a race this time. Um, he adapted well to the fences. Um, I remember turning in and Davy Russell said something to me. I got a bit of a kick. Um, a bit of a kick out of that, and I gave myself a kick for thinking about it so much. <laughs> and I tried to get back into riding the race, and uh, you know you never really think much after that. Only it's only. Uh, not to mess up okay, of course did you get some advice before your first ride in the national from from some of the other jockeys because yeah, i guess it's a daunting prospect it's one of those races that takes a lifetime to watch let alone ride in did you get some advice about how to go about it once you set off for the first no um i heard i heard ruby talking about on uh, racing uk and um you know he he was kind of saying when he was win, gonna win on headhunter he remembered he was just always trying to wait for the elbow to, to go for everything and that that only kicked in when I did get to the elbow and I had a bit of a hot left. I didn't go for everything on until it. Um now Morris and David Casey gave me instructions but I won't repeat in public what the, what they were, so um <laughs> um yeah, they, they had a different approach to it. I bet they did. I wondered as well. I mean, you had a lovely sit through the race. I watched it back earlier on today, and you were so quiet on him. I think he only made one real blunder. I think it was the 27th fence. They call it the booth, where you almost come a cropper. You went right up in the irons, didn't you? Yeah, landed up on his ears a bit. Um, you know, he stayed straight, so he had to go a little bit left or a little bit right. Either way, it could have been race over there, you know. Yeah, it happens in lots of races, but in that race in particular, it must take a bit of cool to to sit back again and, and get him jumping for you. He is a great jumper all the world, though, isn't he? You have to be to win a national, but he's a very clever horse when he's going over his fences. No, yeah, you know he's ever. I don't think he's ever fallen over a fence. He slipped up in the Galway Plate uh, between the last two fences, travelling well. But um, I think, other than that, I don't think he's ever fell over fences. Were you still looking for a bit of cover at the last? It looked like you kind of ducked in again behind behind the front two there because you were third coming to it, weren't you? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what I was at really. Um, <laughs> it, it just seemed the right thing to do at the time. And then you went for the golden highway down the outside after the elbow, while the other two kind of stuck close to the rail. And he's a tiger of a horse, like you found. Yeah, you know, and if you actually look back through some of his races, he he had travelled well and, and never really got home. Um, you might have had doubts about him not staying. He he always kind of travelled well. Or he was always staying on. He was always looked unlucky, or one thing or another. But um, I just, I just reckon that it's the four mile, the four and a quarter mile that brought out the best in him. You know, you're able to ride a race on him over three mile, even going a good gallop. It's he's just on his head a bit more. If you're able to grab a hold of him, he's um, he's a lot more effective in a finish over a longer distance, like four and a quarter. Yeah, as it so proved. 
you pass the line with it with a with a bit of a well, I don't know I don't know what you're thinking passing that line. I, I have to ask you. <laughs> I, I don't know myself to be honest. I don't know. I don't uh I don't really remember pulling up as such but uh and your pictures but it didn't really bring back any memories. I was just uh I was in the cloud. What was the party like after David? Is this a fair question? Um well it was uh I stayed in Liverpool that night. I um uh, got a flight home the next day. It was all went for something to eat with Paddy afterwards and try to calm down, try to bring myself back down to earth. There's nothing like uh, well, my cousins anyway to bring you back down to earth. They would fairly quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they would. You wrote another winner straight after him as well with Ivan Grozny. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, you forget that, don't that, you? <laughs> that that was uh, yeah, that was amazing too. You know, everything went to plan. It was like riding a champion hurdle horse in a in a low grade handicap yeah it was like a penalty kick I guess you couldn't have done with too much else to do after that after winning the national you want a nice steering job no, if I had to ride another 10 like that after it no I wouldn't mind <laughs> you've um, you're not um, well I mean you've had plenty of graded success before that day one that stands out of course Nichols Canyon beating Forheen Forheen 1-6 in a Morgiana hurdle I think Nichols Canyon went off 7-1 to one. was it true you only got well you only realised you had the ride that morning I knew I had a ride in the race, um, but I thought it'd be Wicklow Brave, not Nicholas Canyon. You know, that there were two grade one horses, but I thought it might be spaced out a bit more. But um, Wicklow Brave, obviously Patrick got the ride in him, and I was lucky enough to get Nicholas Canyon. Both very good horses, but you're up against a bit of a machine in Forheen. He went out there and made all. There must have been some thrill even with Forheen clipping at your heels coming towards the last. Uh, well, I remember turning in and uh, I just felt him alive underneath me and he quickened down to the last. And you know, it would have taken a fair one to come and get me back from, from there. He's a proper horse. I think he'd won maybe four grade ones before that, so perhaps he was a little bit underrated. Oh, no doubt. And, uh, you know, Leopardstown, he got a good hard race there and he probably didn't show his true colours after it. In, in, well, sorry, to be fair, he finished third in the champion hurdle afterwards. And uh, third in an entry hurdle, so um, he, he ran well. But I, I'd have, um, I'd have a bit of an opinion that maybe Leopardstown took a bit out of him. Maybe Terry so. de Bromhead said the same thing as well, David, wasn't it? Re identity thief as well that he thought that the horse didn't really come back afterwards. And so I mean that, that was a real slog of a race at Christmas, wasn't it? Oh, it was. You know, it was. Uh, I remember riding that day. It was real dead ground as well. So. Um, you know, that, that definitely, I'd say, left its mark. Any of the other ones over the, the graded successes you've had, likes of Outlander, Devil's Bride, even Aunt Nora, I think, 33-1 to one shot for the Fahis winner at Thurless and Sub-Lieutenant. I mean, you've been on some nice horses. Any of those stand out? Oh, yeah, Aunt Nora stands out a lot. Um, you know, she was 33-1. to one. She had won a month beforehand in Thurless in a not to one or 2 handicap chase, and she was pulled up between that days before she won that grade too um, you know she, she probably wasn't really good enough to be at grade 2 mare but everything just felt right um, I pulled her up in Fairy House two weeks before that because of um, she just wasn't in tra wasn't travelling wasn't enjoying it and uh, I said there's probably another day and there's not much pain beating her today to finish 5th or 6th uh, you know everything went to plan really and uh, the favourite the favourite unseated at the third last and uh, I was very lucky to get up just in the ninth ride 
and I'm there for uh, small owners and small trainers. So um, I'm a great kick out of that. Not not always winning for the big guys, and uh, it's great to see a smaller person getting a big win. Yeah, and you to be involved with that. I say that it's another one where uh, a bit of jumping up and down the parade ring afterwards because it's days like that that make racing, isn't it? That's it. You know, everyone can have a anyone can have a have the best horse or have a good horse. So um, it's great to see that the guys now that only can afford the small few horses do get them there. Yeah, fair play to them and well done to you because it was a cracking ride on the day. You've sat on a couple of decent ones as well this term, already racked up another couple of great wins. Riddistan and Sadler's Risk, both for Henry de Bromhead. He gets his horses jumping, doesn't he? Those two are nice types too. Yeah, um, Riddistan did Cheltenham after and had a bit of a... He got um, he broke down. Um, Is he okay now? Yeah, I'm not um, fully sure the extent of his injuries, but um, it wasn't looking good afterwards. He's he's still he's been brought home and uh, still being assessed I think um, whether his racing career continues hopefully it does he, uh, he was very good in Gorn and Tadler's Risk you know he he, uh, he was very impressive over three miles in, in Punchestown the grade three he, he really quickened up for me down to the last after going a good gallop and beating a good horse What does Henry do with his horses David because they all seem to jump so so well I mean they're they're impeccable over a fence aren't they yeah, they're they're foot perfect nearly every time. Um, you know what they're doing, and yeah, Henry just has them has them well schooled. An identity thief as well this year, David. You got off saying that he was he was class. I think you said. Did he feel as good as he looked? Every bit of it. Um, that was he was just on springs. You know, um, he's a pure natural as well as Henry. As Henry, um, having him well schooled for for chasing. Um, the way he jumps is effortless for for not a big horse. He um I say he's only about sixteen hands or that. And uh, you know, he's just he was foot perfect everywhere. Did he feel like a horse you think that would stay over two miles or or would go further, David, or or both possibly? He could do either, but I don't think two miles would be any problem for him. So um I think I'd say that's probably the route he might go down this year, I don't know. I uh, I don't know what route he'll go down, but I'd imagine two miles as well. He's a real live Arkle candidate, I think, after that, David. You were also aboard Alpha de Zobo. Good to get him, one on the board over fences, a horse that, well, lucky to bump into Thistlecrack in a world hurdle last year, but it's coming together for him, isn't it? Mouse brings his chases along, as we know, with uh, spring targets normally in mind, but good to get him off the, off and running. Yeah, um, I thought he'd done it more impressive than it looked. Yeah. Uh, He's just—he's a completely different horse than Identity Thief, and he'll be trained completely different than Identity Thief as well. I'd imagine. He's—it um, was good ground that day, and he was running against horses that had been running all summer, and they were a lot sharper than him. Um, I gave him a squeeze after after he winged the last, and he, he took off from me up to look towards the line as well. You know, he jumped the last, right? And I just gave him one bit of a squeeze in a short run in, and he went two or three lengths clear in the space of 70 yards um, I was taken by it he's going to be a 3 mile chaser obviously and the more he learns and continues to progress he's going to get better every day there's a couple of uh, very nice horses you've sat on already I say both destined for the spring festivals with Cheltenham in mind as well anything else you've sat on so far this season that we should be keeping an eye on? Uh, Sublet Tennant uh, won, a, won a race in Limerick for Henry as well um, he uh, 
he he was uh, another one that was on springs of Henry's. Uh, <laughs> he, he gave me a great feel that day, and God knows where he could end up. Sky's limit is with him. He's a uh, he's very good over two and a half on on nice ground, and I could imagine three mile could even be better for him. And what about you for this season? Here, where are you basing yourself most days? Are you down riding out of Willie's and Henry's? I'm absolutely everywhere, keeping the doors open. I'm in Willie's uh, a few days a week, Gardens a few days, and uh, Henry's as well. So uh, I've, um, I'm very lucky. I'm, I'm in the, those sort of positions. You know, not everyone can get into those yards, and uh, I'm very lucky to be getting some of them nice horses off them. Yeah, well, we wish you all the very best for the rest of this season. It's going to be hard to top last year, David, but I'm sure you'll be the man uh, to call upon when when there's a big ride going, and, and hopefully you'll nab a few more special days. That Aintree Dale takes some topping, though. It will, it will, of course. Um, well, uh, we have the Cheltenham winner, so we'll uh, try, and, try and look forward to that. To the outside, Gil Gamboa back in fourth. Then Prince Dialbo, three with a chance. Fix cameras toward the rail. The last samurai in the centre. And it is Rule the World on the outside. He's coming home strongest of all. And it's Rule the World. The horse he's never previously won. A race over fences. He's going to run the biggest one of them all here. And it's Rule the World who wins the national for Mouse Morris. And a dream first ride for 19-year-old David Mullins. Thanks very much to David Mullins for coming on the race and taking us through that magical day at Aintree, of course, in April. Great event to come on, and we wish him all the best for the rest of this season. Derm, I think you've got a bit of housekeeping to do. I will certainly do. I forgot to mention last week, Dean, being the uh, genius I am, that uh, Race Hour is on Sunday nights on at D underscore Race Hour. If you just type in hashtag Race Hour on Twitter, and you'll see what it's all about. It's between 8 and 9. It's just a basic chat hour on racing and all levels of knowledge is most welcome and it's just a great hour and you can never know too much or too little in this sport as we know and um, also we have an OLBG tipping game on OLBG.ie if you just go to the at the race hour Twitter page you'll see that we have it linked there as the pinned tweet basically it's a free tipping game and you win 700 euro every month if you win it and there's prizes down to 10 so it, it really is well worth it and it's a uh, it's a top class tournament team. I thought that was just our little secret. I was just hoping to win it playing against a few people. But now I'm thinking there's a bit of competition in the air. So we'll I won it last week, Dean. So basically anyone can win it, really. You know? It must be very easy indeed. Yeah. We've got to talk about a few people that interacted with the race hour. Um, just last week, Dermo, we were asking for a few Breeders' Cup selections. So I might just spin them through before we have a look at some of the big races this weekend. Uh, Jamie Brownlow was on again. He really likes found in the Breeders' Cup turf. Should be in the mix. I have to agree with you. He'd also like to see each way Miss Temple City. Good luck to you, Jamie. Toby was on. That's Toby Smith on Twitter. Arrogate in the Breeders' Cup Classic, hoping he reproduces the blistering form he showed in the Travers. Uh, found in the turf. Most confident, that's Kev McCallie. Uh, good luck to you. Alice Springs in the mile and intricately for Joey and Donica in the Phillies Juveniles. Other fancies. Um, Chris Price, he likes Dortmund in the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. Opportunity, great name, each way in the Classic, a bigger price. And Lancaster Bomber, that's for Daniel Rocks on Ruby. Love your Twitter handle there. Good luck to you with those Breeders' Cup picks. We're going to take a look at some of Saturday's racing. Uh, Dermo, you might kick us off, I think, with the WKD hurdle. Now, if all the big guns line up in this, be good, but I'm not sure they will. There's a cracking race, but uh, for this time of the year, it's it's really strange here in Ireland. There's, there's been no rain. Same in the uh, UK. Yeah, yeah, all over the place. But in Ireland, especially though, you know, we just live in the rain basically. 
and um, it's good ground. Uh, so like the likes of Apples Jade, who you'd love to see, um, but her best form last year wasn't soft to heavy. She's a very good horse, but you know, even if she was to show up, I think you'd have to take her on on that ground. Whether Gordon wants to get a run into her on good ground, I'm not sure, but he might just want to get that run into her. The same has to apply to Juris Girl as well, who was a real flag bearer for Gavin Cromwell last year. But again, heavy ground was 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 that horse's uh, making last year. So Ivanovich Gorbachev and Thomas Hobson were the two I landed on. Thomas Hobson has a big weight and definitely has to jump better, but. He's tenacious, he goes well right-handed, as he proved well at Galway last year, and he's a very smart horse who really could take a lot of pegging back if he just gets into a flow from the front, and Ruby could well get that going, as we've seen plenty of times. And Ivanovich Gorbatov, look, Apples Jade slammed him after Cheltenham last year, but I think he proved to Cheltenham that he needs good ground. It's the only ground that he properly goes on, and being a flat, you know, the real flat pedigree he has, that would back that up. And, I'm not willing to give up on that horse just yet. I don't think he'd be champion hurdle class, but this kind of group too now, um, on the right ground, he's, he goes well fresh, or I have to assume so anyway, after last year, and I think he could be very, very smart. And in this race, I'd just be willing to give him a go, even if Apple J did show up then. Yeah, I really hope they do, because it would make it a fascinating race. Potentially a cut up to a bit of a penalty kick for whatever's there, Dave. Yeah, I mean, it, it all depends if Apple Jays turns up or not. I mean, I think she's overrated in terms. She's rated 153. I mean, that's really off the back of that Liber, uh, Liber A3 easy win. Mm -hmm. uh, she won by 41 lengths that day. I don't think it's a reflection of her ability. I mean, she came out and won afterwards. But uh, the day she ran, I mean, she was being trained by Woody Mullins at the time. And an entry uh, footpad uh, pad ran against her again after reimposing uh, with the first three home and the... Uh, Triumph Hurdle. Uh, Footpath's rated 147. Now, uh, Footpath has gone on, uh, dropped from a rating of 150 after winning a grade 3 and a grade 1 in France. Uh, I thought the day they backed it each way against Apples Jade from the same stable, I thought it was significant uh, before it fell at entry. And I'd give it a chance off 147 here. I think if there's any chink in Apple Jade's armour, I'd say Footpath will be able to exploit it. Uh, I'd be surprised if most of them turn up. Uh, Petit Monsieur I think will improve this year I think it's certainly one off 147 to look out for but I think we'll need a bit of cut in the ground so it'll all depend what turns up here yeah and a bit of a fact finding mission for plenty of them but if that race does turn up as it looks like it could then it will be one of the highlights of the weekend you want to pick up a race at Wing Canton um, at a Rising Star Novices I don't think this is on the box but it's a race worthy of being on the box it should be on the box yeah I mean You've had Petit Sons in there, who was the brilliant winner of the Coral Cup. He only did one run last year in the World Hurdle. He was fifth in it now. He was a country back behind Alpha de Zobo and, uh, and Tisselcrack, of course. But again, that was his only run. I mean, any championship race, even the World Hurdle, to try and come out first time out and do that. Um, he's in the race, as is Shantou Village at the moment, who hasn't convinced me so far with his jumping. Um, and then as well as that, you have Different Gravy, who, as you remember last year, was a a brilliant winner at Ascot uh, for Nicky Henderson. He went to Liverpool hurdle then and he just rather blew up, but I'm always willing to forgive that. He didn't run many times. I liked our Kemper for this, but he's actually running today at Newbury, so if I was going to put something up, it would be out with his sons. I'll be watching this with an awful lot of interest though, rather than betting, but it's a proper race, Dean. It's a race that could inform the season highly. Yeah, it's a, it's a watching race for me as well. I mean, obviously we're a little bit away from the final field, but Dave, any comments on some of these runners here? Yeah, I mean, like Paul Nichols has farmed a race. He's won it six of the last ten times. He's four entries in at this stage. What he runs will be significant. Uh, personally, I'd I'd like to see uh, different gravy run. 
nine hours by high chaparral but he won a point to point and then on his first uh, race of debut for Nicky Henderson he beat a stable mate and landed some each way uh, bets that day he's rated 160 over hurdles the top rated I didn't mind his run he's been lightly raced over the last three seasons and I didn't mind his run behind Thistlecrack beating 16 lengths I don't think it was any disgrace uh, Henderson has also told him as a chaser even though he's by high chaparral if he takes the fences I think he'll probably be the value in the race yeah, I'm looking forward to that race. We should stick with Wincanton, I think, and take a look at the uh, the Stan James Elite Hurdle. Um, now we've got a field at the moment. Looks like it might be eight or nine runners, I'd say. So Royale, very, very impressive at Cheltenham last time out. Alan King's horse, you've got to start there, Dana. He was aesthetically pleasing, definitely, but it was an awful race, uh, in my opinion. I mean, Leon Cavallo in second, he's, he's just not very good. Um, so while Score Royale won it easily, he was due to win that easily, in my opinion. Agent Dupont didn't show up and uh, Scorial picked it up. No, he was very impressive. He just did absolutely no doubting it. But I'd be quite keen to take him on this close after that race and just the fact that I'm not convinced he's that good. Uh, North Hill Harvey, I thought, was the one in this. Um, you know, he was less than nine lengths behind Bouverdere at Aintree last year. He's a good horse. He's off a decent weight. And this yard, he seems a very similar profile to Bertimont, who was second in this race. In 2015 for, for the exact same sale with the skeleton staple who was in great form and i just had northfield harvey would represent some some decent price in this team and dave might be worth picking up something like zubair for paul nichols raven black is engaged here as well horse yeah uh, comes sound early again it's another race that paul nichols has done particularly well in the four wins i mean he runs our calendar here a couple of years ago and that gave the field 12 pounds off a mark of 163 when winning and beat the stable made prospect wells uh, he runs to bear here who won for Paul Nichols on his handic uh, on his debut in, in the Adonis. Always a good uh, pointer. I think he, he's always he started off some very decent horses in the Adonis over the years. Uh, I was very impressed with his run over in France. It was over a longer distance that day. He was beaten one and a half lengths by footpath. And I just thought that looked like a potential winner coming to the last hurdle and just died to death really. Uh, I think this drop back in distance and I think off a mark of 143, I'd go with Zabar. I think uh, he's the, probably the value of the race. Uh, the favourite, the favourite looked more like a stayer. I mean, it went up the hill, it went away from a beaten field, and I thought 10 pound rise for that would be enough to stop it here. I'd be happy to take on the Alan King winner. Yeah, I'm with you on Zubair. I thought, you know, when you think of Zalkander and other horses that have come out in the Adonis first time up and often gone on to be very good, I think it's time for that one to step up. So it's a good race and the favourite will be there to be taken on. I'm sure plenty will try and take it on. We'll stick at Wincanton as well and take a look at the Badger Ales chase. Um, always a good race this at this time of the season. Actually going to get a decent sized field as well, I think, for it, despite the lack of rain out there. Where do you want to start there, Dave? You can go first. Uh, I take on the favourite, the anti-post favourite, Present Man. I mean, he's uh, Paul Nichols' runner. He's had 10 runs. Seven of the runs were at Wayne Canton. He's won two of them. Uh, he's run off a career high of 125. And what well, he's won over three miles, this is the three one here is, is I'd say, will fully extend them. I mean, Wayne Canton is a, an unusual track in the sense it's probably one of the fastest tracks in Britain. And coming in on the chase, you, you really need to be well positioned, you need to jump and you need to have stamina, you're, gonna, you're coming at three fences close to each other before they run in. So uh, what another horse that Nichols runs here that looks to be second string but I, I'd have it as favourite would be Southfield Theatre. I mean he runs off 147, he's had three wins at the track already and one of his last win at the track was off 150, a three pound higher mark. 
if you take a line through Young Master, who I think will be this will be sharp enough after Young Master's winning the Bet365, I think this trip will be sharp enough for a Young uh, Master. Uh, I think the turnaround in weights here will suit Southfield Theatre. I'd expect him to, be, uh, to win. Uh, young Master, I mean, he won this in 2014. He's run on Saturday off an 18 pound tyre mark. And I thought one there, going back to what uh, Dermot was saying earlier, Tom George's uh, yard in the form and with Adrian Heskin, I thought Rock the Asmus on his, uh, ran a decent uh, race in the Racing Post last year when Tour to Theatre Guide. You, take, you can take form lines through that. I'll give him a serious chance. The ground and track will suit, and I thought 16 to 1 was overpriced. Yeah, there's one overpriced Rock Dapsis and Southfield Theatre then. And Dermo, where are you heading in this race? What do you fancy? Yeah, so I put up uh, Southfield Theatre last week for the Ascot Chase. Yeah. Uh, and, or not the Ascot Chase, sorry, the. Sedexco. Yeah, and the. I'll be sticking with the same thing. As Dave said, 147 is a really fair mark. I mean, he was second to Don Polly in RSA Chase. Last season, I'm happy enough to ride it off, really. He started off against Cunny Gree, didn't quite. Obviously, with a distance back there, which is fair enough, but he just never quite seemed to hit the heights that he did before. I thought he was running as if he had a problem. He ran a big fourth in the Betsy 65 Gold Cup, and I just think he's a big race in him. And the other one I'm interested in as well, if he runs, is Vita de Rock um, of 145. He ran a brilliant race in the Scottish Grand National last year. Uh, I just didn't think he saw out the extra two, uh, the extra few furlongs in that three mile seven trip. And this, coming back to three mile two here, he jumps very well. He's a very decent horse, and I just thought 145 was very fair. So I put two up there, just hoping one of them runs, and that would be Southfield Theatre and Vita de Rock. Yeah, uh, I, I, go on, Dave. Sorry, I, was say, I thought Southfield Theatre uh, as well when he ran in the Battery 6.5. He was hampered, the horse came down in front of him, it hampered him. And I mean, he's meeting Young Master over a more, a more appropriate trip on an £8 better terms. Yeah, I, w- I would almost be rowing in just to make it three, three in a bed for Southfield Theatre. But I do like Ziga Boy for Alan King. I think this decent ground, probably the right time to catch him. He's a course and distance winner as well. And Z- I thought Ziga around 14s was a fair each way pick. But Southfield Theatre looks to have plenty of favour for this weekend. Um, let's, should we head back over to Ireland, Dermot? You want to take a look at the JMY? Now, possibly um, some obvious Cheltenham horses lining up in here, like Sir Val Salido engaged. I think Don Polly's still engaged. Don Polly's still being a Conti. Yeah, it looks a really, really serious race. Again, you're looking at the ground and wondering, Don Polly will run, I think. Ruby has been jocked up on that, um, so hopefully our, uh, our good buddy David Mullins might get the spin on Valcherlido for Henry de Bromhead because I think they, they would be a match made in heaven. I'm very interested in Valcherlido here. I think 4-1 to one is the wrong price, uh, or 5-1, to one, sorry. I just think he's, um, he's always wanted this trip. I think he was a bit of a hostage to, um, to where others went last year. He ran into Ryanair, but he stayed on for second behind, uh, behind Vitor, and he also finished second behind Vitor in the JLT the previous year. He's always looked to me like a horse that wanted further. He was unlucky that the stable just had other horses that were that were you know that were going further. So I just think he has um he's every chance in this. I really think he is a three mile horse and uh, he's every chance in this thing. Yeah he does. So have you had a look at the race Dave? Yeah uh, normally it's a, a race that goes to the top end of the market. I mean I think the, since its inception the biggest price winner was Ride the Me when the beat the stable made it twelve to one. So normally you get fancied horses winning here, but I'd be happy to take on the front end of the market. Uh, Sylvia Maco Conte, it's been beaten first time out. It's needed to run, it's taken time to get fit. It was beaten in 2014 and t- 2015. I'd be happy to take it on. <coughs> uh, Don Polly, I think the sh- trip is too sharp for it now. Uh, it won an Alexis over three miles, but that was on heavy ground. I just think it's 
it doesn't have the gears to go with some of these. Uh, the Brom head now trains and as we saw with most of the horses that, that he's taken in from other stables this year he's improved their jumping they jump they get into a rhythm they, they just seem much better this year uh, I'd agree with Dermot the step up in triple suit uh, her I think she looks potentially very good but down the far end of the field I mean you have Monksland Monksland came back trainer said 75% fit uh, probably over an inadequate distance it beat Mourinho showed a lot of a lot of tenacious attitude, a good spirit, look beaten, came back, got up by a head. It's going to be fitter today. It's, it's, it's a lightly raced horse. It's had 16 career runs. It's only been about, unplaced. He? he is, yeah. yeah. And I mean, he's only once been un unplaced in the 16 career runs. At 12 to 1, I thought he was a bit of an each way poke. And O'Feelan's boy, another forgotten horse. You go back to the RSA chase Love in 2014. You know, he beat Smad Place that day and some really decent horses behind. He's beaten many clouds off today's mark. Uh, a terrible year last year. As alluded to earlier, Rebecca Kurtz didn't have a particularly good year last year. I think if a failing boy comes anywhere near his best, 25 to 1 is our own price. Could be a cracker that, as often is, as David's saying, goes to the top of the market. But it looks like it might be a bit more competitive this time. Uh, Demo, got to let you have your Zabana moment. going to run in the Titanic Belfast chase. Yeah, he wins absolutely all day on Saturday, Dean. He's... Um I just think he's he's a clear horse in this. I mean, the other two in the market that I was looking at was Outlander and Sub Lieutenant. He holds down that punch down form, in my opinion. Now, Outlander had a long season, but Savannah beat them that day after absolutely belting the first fence and nearly being taken out by another horse. He was taking about 10 lengths off his stride that day, and he still won on the bridle. I think Savannah is a very, very good horse. Now, I do tend to get these uh, these horse crushes, Dean, as you know. Uh, was Don Cossack last year and it's it's Zabana now. I think he's a Gold Cup horse. Um, I think he's very, very good. And I think that this will be a first step to a big season because he needs to come out and win this um, because the ground will go for him very shortly. He's absolutely useless on bottomless ground um, or even soft or heavy. He just can't jump out of it. So he needs to get his season off to an absolute flyer now. He's won fresh before. He holds all the form. He holds all the runners in the field. And I just think Zabana is... He's my nap of the weekend anyway. Penalty kick, Dave? Uh, I would have thought a penalty kick. I mean, it's my <laughs> howling. It's, uh, it's my howling. I mean, I don't even know the student jumping. But it's a good uh, point. <laughs> you, you, you look at the form at Punchestown, and he's a fresh horse going there. He was backed anti post for uh, the RSA at Cheltenham. JLT. He came bear a fresher horse than most at Punchestown. I don't know how if I'd hold that form and let it stack up. I don't think he's a Gold Cup horse in the making. Uh, You're wrong. Seconded. <laughs> I mean, he impressed me. He impressed me the first day he won when he beat uh, Blair Perron, and that was on heavy ground. That was. And so the idea that he can't jump on heavy ground, uh, I dismiss. Uh, I was disappointed with him next time he fell. He made some shocking errors, and he's a horse I don't know what to make of. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't be backing him. I'm not going to be backing him, but. Demo is keen and it's all roads lead to Gold Cup glory. So we're going to hold you to it, Demo, and I hope that you know you pull it off. Pulled it off before, so yep. we'll, 
we'll have yep. that big day for Zabana and Zabana fans I just missed yeah mm. big day for Zabana and Zabana fans this weekend uh, there's, there's a bit of flat racing on maybe we shouldn't completely dismiss it I tried to dismiss it last weekend but maybe we shouldn't do this time November handicaps on anyone picked anything out for the big race at Donny my original runner high power of, uh, is a non-runner now mm. uh, he was just second to Cape Colva, John Gossens. Now, with which the is engaged. Which is engaged, yeah. With the good ground, the two I take against the field. Uh, I'd imagine Cape Colva will go near enough favourite, but uh, Soldier in action of Mark Johnson's also had a uh, beat a higher power uh, by six lengths at Goodwood. Will go on the ground, will will handle uh, the track, and I think Soldier in action could be the each way value in the race for Mark Johnson. And Joe Fanning on board that one. I quite like Kimbro, Tom Daskums, and uh, Richard Kingscote. Any horse that's managed to get the better of a horse that I have a lot of time for, which is Lord Ben Stack, is a good one in my <laughs> book. So the four-year-old Kimbro is number three on the card in that November handicap. I do give that one a shout. And another horse that, well, I kind of fell in love with a little bit, like Dermo does with his jumpers, Flame and Spear. You might remember his debut at York a long time back. Kevin and, Ryan, um, is it? Yeah, he's Kevin Ryan's horse. Yeah. He's engaged in the 150 at Donny, and I think he's going off 95. That's about. £25 lower than I thought he'd reach so he's well handicapped whether his, his head is right I'm not sure but he's an interesting runner in that 150 um, so I thought I would give that a little mention also Beast of Burden for Rebecca Curtis goes in the 240 at Aintree if they let that run over hurdles uh, might be able to put some of his previous jumping woes behind back there anything else over the weekend Dave that you wanted to highlight? I was at four to two o'clock at Down Royal. Uh, the reemergence of Campador yeah. looked like a winner under Fred Winter after making a mistake about two out. Mm. Uh, had been ridden with, ridden with a lot of restraint that day and a very confident ride at the time by Jack Kennedy. I think when he brought him through uh, after the error, he he chased and then he made a, an error at the last and fell. But uh, he looked to be challenging. I think he's to give the weight away, but I think he could be a very very progressive horse this season. We'd certainly be looking forward to that one. And Dermo, I think you might have just won in the Breeders' Cup. Uh, well, not, yeah, not in the Breeders' Cup, Thorpe, but the Phillies and Meritov. Yeah. That seventh heaven was a great bet. Uh, she's been brilliant all year. Um, Aidan O'Brien, as we we well know now, is very good at peaking these Phillies uh, for the right races. And um, she's been superb all year, and I think she'll cap it off. She'll go well on the ground. And, um, do you know, she's just a very good Philly, Dina. I think she's heading head and shoulders above these will we all be settling in for a bit of Friday night and Saturday night action for the Breeders' Cup or is it just something to watch and enjoy the razzmatazz I did say watch twice so I don't know whether you settle in a bet or settle in a watch I tend to watch it really it would be massive gamblers would you? no I wouldn't I wouldn't have too many bets in it I thought Flincher this year looks like a bet in love him against yeah I just think the ground has come right for him he's likely raced I think he'd show his best form there and I think found will make the price for him I'll find it very hard not to back Flincher wherever he runs, so I'll probably be aboard that one. Um, and California Chrome, of course, to wrap up the night on Saturday night. It's going to be a short price. It is, but the, you look at the top three, and the, the high, they're, they're so highly rated. I mean, it looks an absolutely great race. I can't uh, wait. Bob Baffert's horse, it's very hard. It won the Haskell Invitation so easily. It's very hard to gauge how good that performance was. It was such a wide margin winner. Uh, yeah, I, I think it, it looks like a really, really good race. If the beer hasn't kicked in, you can still enjoy a bit of Breeders' Cup action. Been a pleasure to have you both in the studio with us on Race Hour. Dermot Nolan, Dave McGurin and myself, Dean Ryan, will be back next week. Look out for Race Hour on Twitter. Hashtag Race Hour. All the best. <laughs>